Well, good morning, and thank you for joining us on this Easter Sunday. We are looking forward to a wonderful, wonderful time together. Before we begin, I wanted to share with you uh, a traditional Easter greeting, and, and traditionally, uh, someone will say, He is risen, and the response traditionally is, He is risen indeed. Now, many of you uh, may be familiar with that greeting on Easter Sunday, uh, but many of you may not know where that greeting actually originates from, and it actually comes from the Gospel of Luke, where two disciples are walking on the road to Emmaus, and Jesus miraculously appears to them. And it says in this passage in Luke 24, verses 33 through 35, it says this, And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. So that traditional greeting, He is risen, He is risen indeed, actually is based on Luke 24, 34. And the thing that I really uh, like about that passage and even this greeting is the present tense is. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And so we look forward this morning to celebrate the present tense resurrection of Jesus and what that means for us in 2020. So I invite you to join us, to actively participate. We're going to start uh, new with something new today. We're going to actually start with worship as a way of celebrating and rejoicing together the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I encourage you now, let's worship.
church family. My name is Jordan. And my name is Shiloh. And we want to welcome you to this morning's uh, Easter Sunday service. But before we begin, I have a little exercise for us. I'm going to say, He is risen. And you guys say, He is he... risen indeed. Oh yeah, see, she, she was there right before I was. So, ready? He is risen. Oh yeah, you too. He's risen. Okay, okay. Let's... You know what? We'll work on it next year maybe. Anyways, uh, like we said, we want to welcome you to this morning Sunday service, and uh, we do miss you guys. And um, oh, is there anything you wanted to say? <laughs> well, Jordan really covered it. We really miss you guys, and we wish we could um, celebrate Easter service with you like we normally do in person. Um, but we're very thankful that the truth of Easter isn't bound by our service or 
um, traditions or festivities, um, but that we're able to celebrate Jesus' life and resurrection all the time, wherever we are. And so um, this morning, we're excited and thankful to do that with you via our online service. Yeah, and, and so to start things off this morning, we're just going to pray together. Um, so join us. Father, thank you for this morning. Uh, we're thankful uh, for Jesus, for him being resurrected to new life and through that giving us new life. Uh, because if he was not resurrected, we would still be dead in our sins. And uh, what a terrible thing that would be. So we celebrate this, this morning together uh, of that truth, uh, that we do have new life in you and that you are our living hope. Um, so teach us this morning, help us to um, just again, take really seriously the message of Easter uh, and what it means for us in 2020 uh, in the midst of uh, chaos kind of going on. So we love you and we're thankful um, for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Last week, we started a new tradition on our Sunday services with uh, what we call meet and greet. And we know that many of you uh, really enjoyed seeing some of the church family members. And so we want to continue that uh, tradition today uh, with our version of meet and greet. And then following that, uh, we'll have a prayer for the offering. Hi, we're the Marin family. Happy Easter. This is Wesley, Moni, Eli, my wife Sarah, and Abigail. Hope you're all doing well. We love you guys and can't wait to see you guys. Good morning, church. We miss everyone and we hope that you are safe um, and in our isolation times. Um, we miss everyone and we look forward to getting back together soon. We enjoy Pastor Richie's Sunday sermon online. He's doing a great job, uh, lots of words of wisdom and uh, we miss everybody and look forward to seeing him again. Love you guys. Hello, I'm Layla. And I'm Zeke. Pastor Richie's my dad, and we worship with you guys remotely from Dayton, Ohio, where Zeke is a general surgery resident, and I'm a nurse, and we just wanted to say thank you for all of your prayers, and we want to wish you guys a happy Easter. Happy Easter. God bless you. Good morning, church. This is Ilario's family, and we just want to say happy, happy Easter. Easter. Happy Easter. Good morning, Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship family. Randy Brooks here again to uh, handle the giving portion of our cyber service this Easter Sunday. I want to welcome all of you that are viewing online. Obviously, everybody's online somehow through the uh, app or the website. And uh, again, just want to reach out and tell you how much we miss you, how much we love you, and can't wait to get back to uh, fellowship at the well uh, this week. Um, I would just like to pray for the offering up front and for all of you as well. Father, we, we graciously come to you, Lord, knowing that we can do nothing without you, that we, we have what you provide and you provide enough in all that you do for us, Lord. And we just ask that you be with and in this pandemic situation soon, Lord, so that we can get back to doing as you commanded us to do to be together and to save souls for you, Lord. We just praise you and thank you for this offering that we're going to gather. And we just ask that you would put on the hearts of all of your folks what, that they, what they can give at this time, 
We know it's difficult, Lord. Many are out of work and displaced and uncertainty, but you have really put on the hearts of folks that have stepped up the last several weeks we've been doing this, and they have just been amazing. And we just ask that that would uh, be something that you put on their heart and that you and that you bless them. You bless all of us, Lord, with an end to this craziness. In your name we pray, amen. Well, family, we do still take mail, snail mail, at the well at 1290 Grand Ojai, 93023, for you folks from really out of town. Uh, there's the app that has uh, online giving section in it, uh, a link, as well as our website. I can certainly be uh, emailed, and uh, Shiloh will magically put it down here for you. Randy at ovcfchurch.org. Have any trouble setting anything like that up, I'm happy to help. Uh, just this week in the city of Ojai, they issued an executive order of sorts uh, mandating that we all wear face masks in public, but that we're not supposed to purchase the N95 masks that the medical personnel and first responders need, that we're supposed to have some sort of a handkerchief or face covering and whatnot. And it makes it difficult for uh, those of us that don't like to cover up like that and go in public. And for those of you that know me, it's a challenge because I oftentimes wear this cowboy hat. And when you go into Vaughn's asking, you know, you're going to go buy a, a gallon of milk. And you throw this thing on, it it, it frightens some people. So I tell you, uh, you don't want them emptying their cash register full of money into your bag and telling you you don't need to pay for the milk. But anyway, keep your spirits up. You guys find some humor and things of... Uh, we've got online uh, Bible studies and men's groups, women's groups, you name it. And of course, if you'd like to set up a Zoom and you're just lonely and just need to talk and have some fellowship, uh, contact us through our email, through the church. Again, the email that uh, Shiloh so graciously puts down here at the bottom for you. And I'd be happy to set up a, a private Zoom encounter where we can see each other and answer your questions and whatnot. Uh, life continues here in Ohio on a rainy day. And uh, uh, work is scarce for some. The streets are empty, but we do miss you. We love you, and we want to spend time with you and, uh, and share the love of Christ with everybody. And uh, anyway, that's it. Happy Easter Sunday with your family, and don't forget to go ahead and eat the ham. It's okay, even though there's not a big crowd. We love you guys. Have a good day. I wanted to say thank you to all of you who have been uh, very faithful in your giving. We want to be really good stewards of everything that the Lord is providing. I also want to thank all of you who are stepping up in many ways to help those in the church family and the community as a whole. Uh, those of you who are participating in our online small groups, uh, we've been really blessed by those groups and by your participation. And many of you who are using the Right Now media materials, I uh, just want to encourage you to keep doing that, keep growing in your faith during this time. And now Tyler... Uh, has some announcements, and he'll be followed by Mark, who will lead us into communion. Good morning, church family. I'm Tyler. I'm one of the pastors here at the well. I'd just like to wish everybody a happy Easter or a happy Resurrection Day. I know during these times, the churches are empty, which is sad, but the tomb is also empty, which we have to celebrate that today on this Easter morning. Um, I'd just like to give a few shout-outs this morning. People are watching us at the Triple C, the Continuing Care Center, all the way out in Arizona, I'd like to give a shout out to them from down in San Diego, all the way up to Goleta. Hi, mom and dad. 
Um, so I'd just like to tell all of them happy Easter or happy Resurrection Day. So I have one announcement this morning. Um, we have the bulletin online. So when you click on Sunday service, in the left side of the screen, there'll be bulletin. You click on that, and it'll be like the bulletin like you're at church. So I hope you enjoy, and have a great Easter. Happy Easter, Kingdom kids, families, and parents. Just want to say that we miss you so much, and we can't wait until we're back together soon. Um, I want to tell you that we have some activities and Easter fun and devotionals available for you. And if you click under the link, uh, Kingdom Kids, on our website and our app, you'll be able to see activities for the entire family to help bring you guys together for the Easter uh, season and find the true meaning of Easter and his resurrection. And if you ever want to get a hold of me and get some ideas or have some questions or have plans uh, for until we're back together again at church, reach out to me. I'm available, Kim at obcfchurch.org. Um, and we miss you so much and we want to give you a big virtual hug. So we love you. And we're so excited that you're here with us this Easter Sunday. And here's a sweet little message from some of our Kingdom Kids. Good morning, Kingdom Kids, and happy Easter. We hope everyone is having fun at home. We miss seeing you. I have been busy with schoolwork and helping my mom with Dylan and our foster sister. Remember, Jesus is alive forevermore. Be glad, be glad, it's Easter day. Say bye. Bye. Good morning, church family. Um, I wanted to just share a few verses and some thoughts as uh, I help you prepare to take the Lord's Supper with you and your family sometime today. Um, this is really a particularly uh, amazing weekend to be celebrating and taking the Lord's Supper. Uh, it is this weekend that we celebrate uh, and remember the fact that Jesus culminated his ministry. Um, after 33 years and three and a half years or so of ministry that he chose to uh, go to the cross for you and for me, to sacrifice his life through a painful, grueling um, crucifixion, so that he could absorb and take the penalty of your sin and my sin. What no one knew, except for God and the Holy Spirit, his disciples did not know, Satan did not know, no one in the world knew that three days later, he was going to rise from the dead. God was going to raise him up in victory, in, in fulfillment of God's eternal purpose, in bringing the salvation to those who believe in Jesus Christ. And it is this weekend where we remember and celebrate both his crucifixion and his resurrection. That is such an amazing time to really take the Lord's Supper, to remember everything that Jesus did 2,000 years ago or so to impact your life and my life and to really fulfill the purposes of God that had been in place from the very beginning. I want to read just a couple of passages of scripture. Uh, the first one's out of John 11, and it's where Jesus is talking to Martha. It's right before Lazarus is resurrected, and Jesus says to Martha, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. 
this is such a wonderful promise, a statement of fact uh, by Jesus. He says that there is only one resurrection and that resurrection is him. And he says there is only one life and that life is him. Jesus is the resurrection, Jesus is the life. And today, as you take the Lord's Supper, you can remember and you can rejoice in and celebrate the fact that Jesus is our resurrection, Jesus is our life. The second verse I wanna read is in Galatians 2. Um, Paul says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That is your reality. That is my reality. That is the reality that we celebrate in taking the Lord's Supper. That he died, he broke, his body was broken, his blood was spent so that we can have the Holy Spirit live in us, so that we can die with him on that cross and that we can be filled with his life because he is the only true life that there is. So as you just take time, and I really encourage you to take time with your family today to um, use whatever appropriate materials you have around the house. Bill has talked about that in the last couple of weeks. You could pause right now in the midst of the service and take the Lord's Supper right now. You could do it later on today, whatever you choose. And this is just some encouragement about things you might think about if the Lord prompts or leads you to take the Lord's Supper with some other theme or verses, that's really fine. But make a point, particularly this weekend, of, of really taking the elements, praying and remembering and rejoicing and celebrating the amazing, wonderful, earth-shattering death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I hope you have a great time doing that and have a wonderful Easter Sunday.
Well, good morning. As we gather on this Easter Sunday, I know that uh, traditionally uh, Easter services are some of the largest services that uh, we have during the year, and that traditionally there, there are a lot of uh, activities surrounding uh, Easter morning. And yet, in the uniqueness of our circumstances uh, today, where we can't gather here at the church, uh, I thought that, that actually it's a wonderful opportunity for us to think about, to learn about, to reflect on the resurrection in a way that is actually very similar to the very uh, first resurrection morning and how the early disciples experienced that morning. Because you see, there was not a large sunrise service or a large Easter service and, and there weren't a lot of traditions in place to, to go eat or to go have an egg hunt or, or anything like that. No, uh, on that first resurrection morning, uh, the disciples uh, were at home. And in fact, they were still probably reeling from all that had happened from Good Friday forward. All that they had seen, all that they had heard, all that they had witnessed and experienced on that first resurrection morning. The disciples didn't get dressed up to go to church. No, in a very real way, they were profoundly impacted by the previous 48 hours. And then an incredible thing happened. An incredible thing happened. And I want to read from you in Luke 24, verses 1 through 8. It says this, But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again on the third day. Then they remembered that he had said this. Verse 8, then they remembered that he had said this. It's very interesting because on that first resurrection morning, the women went to the tomb with spices to finish preparing Jesus' body for burial. For burial. They expected death not life. And yet, and yet it's, it's interesting because if you are familiar with the Gospels, we know that in several places, Jesus very clearly, very explicitly told his disciples that he was going to be resurrected. In Mark 8, verses 31 and 32, it says this, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things 
and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. It's a very familiar passage where uh, Peter rebukes Jesus and ultimately Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. But what had Jesus said? He said very clearly that he was going to be killed. And then just as clearly, he said, and after three days, rise again. So Jesus had told his disciples, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be killed but I am going to rise again. And yet on that first resurrection morning, they had forgotten his words. They had forgotten his words. And I wonder, as I was thinking about that, I wonder in the circumstances of my life and the circumstances of your life, especially with what has been happening the last uh, month or so on our planet Have circumstances caused you, have circumstances caused me to forget God's words, to forget God's promises, right? What are you expecting? What am I expecting in the next day, in the next week, in the next month? Are are the expectations we have in line with God's truth, in line with God's promises, in line with who we are as children of God. And so they went to the tomb to prepare Jesus' body for burial. They have a supernatural encounter with angels that say, hey, remember he said this? Remember he said this? And then verse 8 says, they remembered And I wonder this morning as we look at the resurrection, what you, what I need to remember from God's word to help us through whatever circumstance we're going through, right? And so so why is the resurrection so important? Why is the resurrection uh, so significant? Why do we need to remember that the resurrection even happened in the timeline of Earth's history. The resurrection must be an actual event, right? It's not myth. It's not legend. It must have actually happened. And we need to remember this, right? And so this morning, uh, I want to kind of frame the importance, the significance of the historical event of the resurrection. Uh, I want to frame it with three Three words, three what we call tenses of salvation, past tense, present tense, future tense, right? In the past tense, the resurrection is important because we are delivered, we are saved from the penalty of sin. In the present tense, the resurrection is important because we are delivered, we are saved from the power of sin. And in the future tense, the resurrection is important Because we are delivered, we are saved, ultimately, from the presence of sin. The presence of sin. Now, if you uh, remember that the word gospel means good news. Good news. And 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, tells us what the gospel is. Right? The Apostle Paul writes, Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received 
in which you stand and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. So we have to remember that the gospel isn't just that, hey, Jesus died for you. The gospel, right, the good news is that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead. Never forget that the the gospel, right, the, the full gospel is that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead. That is the good news. That is the good news. That's why if the resurrection did not happen, then we don't have good news. So in one sense, no resurrection, no gospel, no good news, right? Now, why is that? Well, we see in John 2, verses 19 to 22, Jesus says this, Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this. And they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. So Jesus would be a liar if the resurrection did not happen. According to John 2, verses 19 to 22, Jesus would have been lying, right? If the resurrection did not happen, 1 Corinthians also says that our faith is futile and we are still in our sins. 1 Corinthians 15, 17. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. So I want you to think about that for just a moment. The resurrection had to have happened as an actual historical event in order for there to be good news, in order for us to have our sins forgiven. The resurrection must have happened, right? 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says this, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So the resurrection has happened, amen? The resurrection did happen. In Earth's timeline, right, of all the historical events, there is the actual event called the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? Romans 4.25 says this, He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. What does that mean, raised to life for our justification? Well, you'll often hear uh, when someone is sharing the gospel, hey, Jesus paid the price that you could never pay, right? Jesus paid the penalty, well, the question is, well, how do you know that, that that payment was accepted? How do you know that payment was accepted? In John 19, 30, Jesus on the cross says, it is finished to telestai. That's an accounting term. It means the debt has been paid in full. Well, how do we know that God accepted the payment? The resurrection. That's what Romans 4, 25 means. 
when it says he was raised to life for our justification. It means God accepted his payment. I've shared this illustration before. If you ever go to the store and you pay uh, with a credit card, right, you insert it into the, the little machine there. And ultimately, hopefully, ultimately, on the little screen, it says what? Payment accepted. Please remove card. Well, ever since I've been thinking about this uh, for quite a while, and I've shared this with, uh, with you in the past, if you come to church, that, that, that illustration, even today when I pay uh, for something with a credit card, it just puts a smile on my face, reminds me of the resurrection, right? Because I put my card in, it says payment accepted, please remove card. And, and, and many times I'll just smile and I say, thank you, Jesus, because it reminds me that his payment was accepted. And in one sense, Please remove Jesus from the tomb. Right? So, so very often uh, I, I have the joy of celebrating the resurrection, even in the simplest way of uh, paying for something with a credit card where it says payment accepted. Please remove card. I go, thank you, Lord, that your payment was accepted and you were raised. You were removed from the tomb. Right? So the resurrection happened and because it happened, we know there's good news. Several years ago, I came across uh, this wonderful tool to remind me about the historical uh, truth of the resurrection. It's from the Christian Research Institute. And they say that, that the resurrection is the greatest feat in history, F-E-A-T. And what does that stand for? F is fatal torment. In John 19.33, but when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. So F, fatal torment, Jesus actually died, right? E is empty tomb, Luke 24, 1-3. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So F is fatal torment. E is empty tomb. A is appearances. Appearances. 1 Corinthians 15, 6 through 8. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. So appearances. Jesus actually appeared to people, right? And T, transformed lives of the disciples. If you're familiar with the story in the Gospels, after Jesus' crucifixion, uh, the disciples were terrified. They thought that perhaps they were next. So they were intimidated, they were scared, uh, they were huddled together. And then suddenly, because of the resurrection, because of Jesus appearing to them, these disciples who were once cowardly are now boldly preaching the gospel. In Acts 2, uh, Peter boldly says this, Acts 2, verses 22 to 24, Peter preaching, says, Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God uh, did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, 
because it was not possible for him to be held by it. So Peter powerfully, boldly preaches and proclaims the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Dr. Simon Greenleaf was the royal professor of law at Harvard University. It says this, he examined the value of the historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ to ascertain the truth. Greenleaf came to the conclusion that, according to the laws of legal evidence used in courts of law, there is more evidence for the historical fact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ than for just about any other event in history. Josh McDowell writes this, A believer in Jesus Christ today can have the complete confidence, as did those first Christians, that his faith is based not on myth or legend, but on the solid historical fact of the empty tomb. So we know now that because the resurrection happened, that the good news is we are saved, we are delivered through faith in Jesus. We are saved, we are delivered from the penalty of sin. But in the present tense, because the resurrection happened, we are now delivered, we are saved as children of God from the power of sin. We can actually walk in resurrection life, in newness of life. Romans 6, 4 through 11. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Amen. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. We are sure of this, abs we are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead. And he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Amen. We're no longer slaves to sin. We are no longer slaves to sin. As new creations, as children of God, as temple of the Holy Spirit, we can say no to sin. We can walk in newness of life. And then in the future tense, the future tense, as believers, as children of God, we are delivered, we are saved ultimately from the presence of sin. 1 Corinthians 15, 21 through 23. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. But there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised 
as the first of the harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. When he comes back. What does the, the truth of the resurrection mean to you and to mean today? Eternal perspective. Eternal perspective. Just as Christ was resurrected, one day you, one day me, as, his, as the children of God, we too will be resurrected. Revelation 21, 3 and 4. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Amen. Amen. You see, the truth of the resurrection helps us to keep everything in perspective and to know that, that one day we will be delivered. We will be saved from the presence of sin, from the presence of sin. And so going back to that first resurrection morning, let's keep reading to see what happened. In Luke 24, verses 9 to 12, it says this. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. In another version, it says that Peter went home again, marveling at what had happened. You see, Peter went home and he was trying to wrap his mind around this incredible supernatural miracle. Even though Jesus had directly told him, even that, you know, Jesus and Peter had gotten into that little confrontation where, where Jesus said, hey, get behind me, Satan. Peter knew he had heard the words, and yet when confronted with the reality of it, that first resurrection morning, Peter went home wondering and marveling trying to fully grasp what he had just seen, the empty tomb. And my encouragement to you at home or wherever you are at this moment and for the rest of this Easter Sunday, take the time to wonder, to marvel, to try to wrap your mind around the historical fact of the resurrection and that because the, because the resurrection happened, there is good news. We are delivered from the penalty of sin. Because the resurrection happened, there is good news. We are delivered from the power of sin. And because the resurrection happened, there is good news. We are delivered and will be delivered ultimately from the presence of sin. 
When was the last time you marveled at the resurrection? Right? Peter went home. Many of you are watching this from your homes. So I encourage you, in that very place, take the time to marvel, to wonder at the truth of the resurrection and what it means to you right now, this very day, right now, right? Warren Wearsby writes this, Too many Christians are betweeners. They live between Egypt and Canaan, saved but never satisfied. Or they live between Good Friday and Easter, believing in the cross but not entering into the power and glory of the resurrection. I don't want you to be a betweener. So how do you move from Good Friday to Easter morning? You have to take the time. Take the time to reflect. Take the time to remember. Take the time to rejoice in the reality of the resurrection. Ask God through his Holy Spirit to just open the eyes, your eyes, your spiritual eyes, your understanding, whatever is necessary. Father, I ask you, as only you can do, bring the reality, the truth of the resurrection into my life. Into my life. We're going to close with a song, a very familiar song. The song is called Because He Lives. And this morning, I want to encourage you. We're going to sing this song as a song of victory. We're going to sing this song as a song of power, a song of, of strength, a song of hope, a song of truth. So I encourage you, if you're at home, uh, if you're in your car, uh, wherever you're listening uh, from, I know that uh, we have many uh, watching from around the country, wherever you are, I encourage you, sing this song boldly. Sing this song from a place of joy and of celebration because the resurrection really did happen. And because the resurrection really did happen, there is good news. Past, present, and future. There is good news. And I love the lyrics to this song. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. So we're going to sing this song and we're going to sing it boldly. We're going to sing it with enthusiasm. Maybe you'll wake up someone in your house. Maybe your neighbors will hear, will, will hear you. Who knows? But sing this song because the resurrection really did happen. And because the resurrection really happened, there is good news. Let's sing together. Because he lives, I can
Let's pray together. Father, thank you that the resurrection truly happened. Thank you that there is good news. That we have been delivered through faith in Jesus from the penalty of sin. Thank you that as your children, we have been delivered from the power of sin. Thank you that ultimately we will be delivered from the presence of sin. Father, as only you can do, would you bring these truths, the reality of these truths, into our hearts, into our minds. May these truths impact us today, tomorrow, and every day. Father, would you please enable us to stay focused on your word, on your truths, even in the circumstances that we're facing in our country, in our city, in our lives. Father, we love you so much. Thank you for our time this morning. And thank you again for the resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you once again for joining us. It's been a wonderful, wonderful Easter morning together. I hope you have a blessed week. I hope that uh, the truth of the resurrection just flows from you in joy and in celebration. I pray that God would use you as an ambassador of reconciliation, that you would be salt and light, even in these times when so many are seeking answers, so many are looking for hope, that we would be vessels of hope, that we would be ambassadors for Jesus. Why? Because the resurrection happened. And because the resurrection happened, we know that there is good news. There is good news. So have a great week. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. God bless you.